I'm excited about coming to share tonight. And interestingly, uh, God and I had a little bit of a tussle over this because he uh, dropped a scripture into my heart and I thought we were going a certain way. And it was like one of those moments where God said, hey, where are you going? We're not going down that road. And I'm saying, but what do you mean, Lord? Because this would be a really good road to go down. And uh, he had a bit of a disagreement with me. And so guess who won? Uh, well, God did, actually, just in case you were wondering. I, w- I would like to suggest to us that if ever there comes a little bit of an argument or disagreement between you and God, you should let God win because he is right and you are wrong. There is no doubt about that. So this was a scripture that he spoke to me about from Matthew 14, uh, reading from verse 22. This is what Matthew wrote. He said, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, working on the lake, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are awesome in this place. You are here, present, to meet with people, to speak with people, to change their minds, to challenge their hearts. You are here to do something deep in all those who have hearts that are willing. I would ask God that you would speak louder than this preacher. That you would bring a word that would move, motivate every single person here. That everyone would leave today knowing that they are carrying something that the Spirit of God has dropped into their heart. In the name of Jesus and everybody said, 
Amen. Although we break into the story at the point that we do, there's quite a lot of backstory to what is going on. Because the truth is that just prior to this moment, um, uh, it had been quite a crazy day. The day had begun with uh, the disciples of John the Baptist coming to uh, Jesus and, and telling him that, that, that John the Baptist had been executed in prison. And I could only imagine how unsettling this moment would have been, not only for Jesus, who would have been grieving, but also the disciples, because I'm sure that they were thinking, wow, if that can happen to John the Baptist, then that could also happen to Jesus. And what will that mean for us? So there were, there were, these were unsettling moments. And then, of course, we, I think, quite reasonably see that Jesus wants to find a place of solitude. He wants to withdraw and seeks to do so. But when he arrives at the place where he's believing that he's going to withdraw, he sees a crowd gathering, a crowd with all kinds of needs and the Bible tells us that Jesus has compassion on the people. I, I just love the fact that we serve a God who has compassion on us. He, his approach to you is that He is compassionate. He is, he is loving. He knows your needs. He knows where you are at. And, and, and Jesus, the Bible tells us, ministers to these people. And indeed, there are miracles. There are people uh, seeing uh, the miracles of healing uh, and deliverance going on in their lives. And then the story develops and the disciples are saying, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot of people here. And, uh, you know, it's getting towards the end of the day and no one's eaten yet. And maybe, Lord, we should send them off so they can buy themselves some supper. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. Now, that would have been a challenging moment and a message all in itself. But many of us will know how the story unfolds. And in fact, there was this incredible moment where what was just a few fish and a few loaves fed a multitude, over 5,000. They saw a miracle of multiplication taking place before their eyes. And this was everything that led up to this point where Jesus said immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. Now I imagine, you know, it's, uh, it's like, you know, when you've been working hard all day, it can be a bit like that in the seven o'clock service sometimes, you get a little bit jolly, you know what I mean? It's uh, seven o'clock, we've worked all day, we've been going at it all day. I just imagine the disciples were buzzing. You know, like, they, 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 did you see that? 
did you see that? He only had a little lump and we just kept breaking it and it didn't get any smaller. I can't believe it. We fed all those people and it was just like one of those moments where they were buzzing, they were high-fiving, they were talking about what an amazing day they'd had. And then they see Jesus and it's like they're looking back and Jesus says, guys, you know, hey, I'm just going to go off here. And, uh, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I wasn't expecting, wait, Jesus, where are you going? I mean, we're in the boat, but where are you? And, and, and then Jesus, of course, we retakes himself off to dismiss the crowd and then goes off to pray. And the disciples are out in the boat. And everything seems okay for a while. But then we hear that the boat they found themselves in was being buffeted by wind and waves that were coming against them. I actually like the way the King James puts this. It says the winds were contrary. They were contrary, which means opposite, opposed to, against. And you see, they were, they were, they were doing actually what Jesus had asked them to do. I mean, the Bible is actually very specific. And it says that Jesus made them get in the boat. He had made them get in the boat immediately. So they were doing what Jesus had asked them to do. They were in the boat that Jesus told them to get into. They were making the journey that Jesus had told them to make. But they found themselves in the midst of circumstances where winds Violent winds were coming against them. And I found myself reflecting about how I might have felt being in that boat, having been up all day. Having, uh, having been in the heat of the sun, going back and forth. Finding myself uh, in the, serving out. You know, I mean, it, it must have taken, miracle or no miracle, it must have taken time to feed 5,000 people. I mean, it was, it was, it was a big, it was a big deal, but, but, they, but they, they, they did it. And, and maybe I'm sure they helped themselves to a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and, and, and the bellies were full and they were making the journey. And you know when your belly's full and it's been a hard day and you're tired and, and like, you know, really emotionally physically tired, and I, I don't know, I think they just wanted to get home. Have you ever had one of those times when you just, oh, I just want to get home. I just want to get home. I'm tired. I just want my bed. I want my own bed. I want my, my pillow. I want my, my pillow. I want my pillow. And you, just want, you just want your pillow, and, and yet here we are, we're in this, I don't feel like fighting this storm right now. I don't feel like fighting these winds right now. I'm working hard. It's the middle of the night. And where is Jesus anyway? You know, one of the things I've discovered is that contrary is not convenient. It's not convenient when the winds are coming against you. The, the opposition doesn't often choose the opportunity of when I'm feeling strong. It's, it's usually when I'm tired and at the end of myself and at the end of my rope. Why is it that I find people with the most need coming when 
your resources are running low when you just don't feel like you've got what it takes and, and, and yet they come and they're demanding something of you. I also discovered that whilst contrary is, also, is not convenient, that miracles are nice but not enough. See, we can have conversations of people who love Jesus, who follow Jesus, and, and I'm sure you've had those conversations. You know, you say, hey, we, we believe in miracles. We believe in a God of miracles, and indeed we do. We, we believe in a God who can bring miracles into people's lives. I, 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 I have experienced the miraculous hand of God, and not nearly to the degree that I want to or expect to, but I have experienced the miraculous hand of God. And people will say, you know, hey, I want to go to a church where we not only believe in miracles, but we see miracles. We just need to see the miraculous. And I want to say amen, but we should not presume that miracles will do what we think they will do. See, that very day, these guys had seen miracles of healing, seen Jesus emerge from his brief moment of grief into a moment of compassion where he reached out and healed people in the multitude. They had seen a crowd-pleasing supper come out of a couple of fish sandwiches. And yet, here in this moment, we discover that there is a very short distance between a miraculous dinner and terror. They weren't sitting in the boat saying, hey, guys, it's going to be all right because the God we love and serve will look after us. I mean, hey, look at all the miracles we've experienced today. Look what we've had today. It's all been amazing. You don't think God's going to leave us here, do you? No, we find that they were filled with terror. Funnily enough, it wasn't the first time they had been in this set of circumstances. In fact, Jesus had been with them in a storm like this before. He'd even been asleep in the boat. I mean, he was asleep, but at least he was in the boat. Now they were in a boat, and where was Jesus? But I'm still in a storm. I wondered if any of them say, oh, I wish Jesus was here. Why didn't he get in the boat? Why? Well, Jesus knows what to do. We, we've seen Jesus move in these circumstances before. If only Jesus was here. Maybe they were praying, asking, oh, I wish Jesus was here. And Jesus, maybe in response to their prayer, came to them on the water. And the Bible tells us that far from being excited or glad, they were terrified because Jesus came not looking how they imagined. You see, we have to understand that when Jesus hears our prayer and answers, He will not always choose to turn up in the way that we imagine He's going to turn up. He won't always turn up in the form that we imagine he is going to turn up, but he is still answering our prayers. 
One of the things that I also get from this is that Jesus is not afraid to shake things up a bit. Because Jesus would absolutely have known the reaction he was going to produce in his disciples as he came to them on the water in that way. Why? Because he knows all things. You know, he wasn't, it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, sometimes um, if, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm working in the garage or I'm working around right the bins and, and uh, you know, I hear Lynette coming out and I know that she doesn't know I'm there. Then I'm going to say, babe, babe, it's okay, okay, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's all right, don't panic, it's okay. You know, but Jesus doesn't choose to take this approach. It's not coming on the water going, it's okay, guys, it's okay, it's all right, it's all right, it's me, it's me. He seems to allow this moment of terror in the boat, this moment of panic as he approaches them. And, you know, only then does he choose to say, it is I, take courage. See, Jesus will choose to take a moment where he will introduce us to ourselves. He will take a moment and expose the reality of our faith. I do think, I do think that it is a fascinating study in itself because these guys were with Jesus every day. These guys were exposed to the miraculous on a regular basis. But I am fascinated by their absolute and utter capacity to believe that Jesus would abandon them in a boat. That Jesus would abandon them in a storm. I mean, Jesus has delivered them from extremely similar circumstances in the past. But right now, they are believing terror-stricken that everything is coming to a horrible end. I don't know whether there's anyone here who feels that you're out there on your own. And if you are absolutely honest, you're feeling a bit like those disciples fighting the wind and the waves. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And I believe he sent me here tonight to say and remind you, as indeed he was reminding them, that he will never abandon you. He, will, he is with you always. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I think that maybe some of you have been around church for a while and maybe heard this passage opened up uh, on, on numbers of occasions. You might imagine where this message is going to go, you know, because here we have a Peter who is walking on the water. And I love the walking on the water messages. I love it when we are overcoming. I 
Love it when we are overcoming our fear and walking in places we shouldn't walk and doing things we shouldn't be able to do but for the grace of God. I love it when we're breaking through and we're seeing God take us beyond our natural capacity and introducing us to the possibilities that we have in Him. I love that kind of message. I love talking about that kind of thing. That is a walking on the water message that God isn't letting me preach tonight. Because the message that God wants me to preach tonight is not about walking on the water, it's about sinking in the surf. Because the real life, the real deal, the real life is this, that when I'm walking with Jesus, I can be walking on the water one minute and sinking in the surf the next. That is the reality of following Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, I am nervous of a gospel that just simply preaches, follow Jesus and everything is going to be all right. Just walk with Jesus and you won't have any problems. Just walk with Jesus and he'll always see you through. Just walk with Jesus and he'll give you success. And I'm saying, yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe in a God who will give me breakthrough. Yes, I believe in a God who will see me through. But there are some things that are actually sometimes more valuable than simple success. At least they are more valuable than the way I define success. Because God's definition of success is not the same as mine. And here, Peter was introduced in a very powerful moment to understand That Jesus is there for me when I'm sinking. Jesus is there for me when I'm falling. Jesus is there for me when nobody's applauding. When everyone's got their hand over their mouth thinking, no, he's going to fall, he's going to go, he's going to miss it. Jesus is there for me. When I walk with God, it is not just about what I get out of the relationship. God wants to get me to a place where he will put some things into me. This relationship is two-way. It's not just a one-way thing where I know what I need and I know what I want and I know what I'm going to get from my God and I know what he's going to do for me. It's not just a one-way relationship. It's about what God is going to do in you. God wants to do some things in me. He wants to get some things into me. You see, another point to do with the miracle thing is that we, we observe, even from Peter, that I can be walking in the midst of a miracle and still get distracted. Because the reality is that his attraction to Jesus got him out of the boat and got him walking on the water, but it was his distraction from Jesus that caused him to sink in what he was walking on. We can allow ourselves to get distracted, our focus to change, and how quickly 
we can move from miracle to mess. But I thank God. I thank God. I thank God that here we are. We're in this moment where everyone has been cheering and shouting and it's awesome and it's amazing and it's wonderful. And now he's sinking and he's failing. He's messing up and he cries out to Jesus. And Jesus catches him by the hand. Now you'll read that actually he, he, he kind of rebukes him and, and talks about he's got little faith and, and he's, he, he, he's doubting. But you know, you know what? Actually, if you go to the original language, another way of saying that would be you're trusting too little. You're trusting too little. I don't know. I, you see, God doesn't want us to trust in a little way. He wants us to trust in a big way. He wants us to come with much trust. Because the only way it works between me and Him is when I believe. I've got to believe. I have to choose to believe. And He rebukes Him for trusting too little, however, in his falling, failing, sinking moment while he was trusting too little, Jesus was looking out for him and caught him and stopped him from going under. And this same Jesus who was there for Peter is there for you. You can trust him. He will not fail you. You might not be coming up to the standard. Maybe you have walked on water. Maybe you've been doing stuff that nobody else has done. Maybe you've walked boldly and confidently in places that you shouldn't have walked boldly and confident in. And now you find yourself in a place where you're sinking and you're afraid and you can't seem to get back to the place where you were. You can't seem to do what you could do. And, and, and the Bible says that he began to sink. And I can't get beyond the fact that how do you begin to sink? Because everything that I know is that if you're standing up on water, and you're going to sink, you drop like a stone. When I'm, when I'm sinking in water, I haven't got time to think. I haven't got time to pray. It's just, whoa, glug, 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 gone. Which means that even in his sinking, he was being supernaturally sustained. Can you believe that even where you are right now, even though it's not perfect, even though it's a bit of a mess, even though your faith is small, even though you're sinking in a place that you used to walk, He's sustaining you. He's sustaining you. Why is He sustaining you? Because He knows that you need to call out on the name of the Lord. You need to speak out the name of Jesus. You need to understand you can't do it on your own. You need to understand that if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it, you need Jesus to catch you by the hand. You're not going to finish this on your own. You're not going to make it on your own. But if you call on the name of the Lord, He will hear you. He will answer you. 
and he will catch you. And we read that having caught him, and I find this quite interesting. In fact, let me, let me take us back there and just read that little bit. Because it says there, verse 31, it says, Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And yeah, he rebukes him and said, you know, stop trusting me in such a little way. Why did you doubt? And, and it says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Now I want you to notice that. You see, there are many, many times when you can read in the Bible and, and in a moment they were there. But this doesn't say this. It's not said explicitly, but it is implied that there was a walk back to the boat. There was a walk back to the boat in the wind. You know, there are some things that Jesus is not going to deliver you from because you need to learn to walk through it with him. And he, he will show you that what might have caught, what you might have sunk in, what, what might have killed you, what you might have drowned in, when you're walking with him, you can learn to walk in the wind. I want you to know it's not about the wind. It's not about what you're walking through. It's who you're walking with. And that is the focus. It's not about what is going on all around me. It's not about what I'm walking through. It's about who I'm walking with. And while I'm walking with Jesus, I can walk in the wind. When I walk with Jesus, I can survive that which tried to kill me. When I walk with Jesus, I'm going to overcome that which sought to overwhelm me. When I walk with Jesus, I will stand where I might have fallen. I'm going to walk back to the boat with Jesus. I will walk in the wind. I will walk in whatever is coming against me. And I will make it through with my Jesus. Because there is coming a moment when I will get back in that boat and that which was against me will be no longer against me. Well, the wind will stop. Because it's about who I'm walking with. I know some of us want the storm to stop. I know you want the winds to stop because it's uncomfortable and you're tired and you're weary and you want it all to be over and your goal is getting over this and getting through it and getting the other side. But what if God has got another goal? What if God wants to introduce himself to you? He wants to introduce you to you, but he wants to introduce something about him that you don't know. He wants you to understand that what you are facing is not strong enough to take you out. If God is for you, who can be against you? And we have this incredible moment when they get back on the boat and 
and the wind stops. And it's like, you know, there's just this overwhelming moment. Jordan and our amazing worship team were not there that night. No one strummed up a guitar or, or played the keys. But somehow they found themselves in a place of worship and adoration. They found themselves in a midst of revelation. Because not very long ago, they had been terrified and unable to recognize Jesus. And yet now in this moment, they had a deeper revelation of who he actually was. Not only did they recognize him as a man, they recognized that he was the son of God. Could it be that some of the stuff you are facing is not just about getting you through the storm? Could it be that he's trying to show to you that he's the son of God and his name is Jesus? Whether you're walking on water, sinking in the surf or walking in the wind, it's all to lead us to a deeper understanding of who, who Jesus is. And what we need to get, and I don't know whether, I just believe someone's going to get this tonight. What they were left with was something that was more precious than the pain. And I know it, I know it, I know it. And unless you've been through it, it's very difficult to say it. But when you've been through that kind of storm, you're going to say, I would never have chosen to go through it. But having gone through it with my Jesus, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. There's something more precious than the pain of the storm. And I just believe quite simply that if you will believe the Spirit of God has sent me here tonight to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through the storm. You're going to come out the other side, but you just might have to walk in the wind for a while. You just might have to walk trusting in Jesus for a season. He's going to bring you out the other side because He's not a God who will bless you and act with compassion one minute and show you the miraculous the next and then abandon you in the boat the next. He is not that God. That is the kind of God the devil will show you. That is the kind of God the devil will torment you with. When you're left there in the boat, he will be saying, yeah, you see, where's your God now? Where's your God now? But the devil is a liar. My Jesus would never abandon you. Never abandon me. You may be walking in adverse circumstances. You may be battered by the winds of adversity, but you are coming through. I'll turn to talk someone and tell them, you're coming through. You're coming through. Micah said it this way. He said, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be. The Lord will be. 
a lie unto me. Devil, you're a liar. I, I might be sat in darkness right now, but the Lord will be a lie unto me. I'm coming through. I'm coming out the other side of this. I'm not coming out in my own strength. I'm not coming out in my own way, but I'm coming through with a Jesus who loves me. A Jesus who is with me always. I wonder if you'll pray with me. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes, to have a moment with Jesus. I don't know, but I believe that there are people here tonight, maybe people who didn't even realize it, but because you've never had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus or you've never taken an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, you don't know the wonder of what it is to have Him in your life. And I believe that God has sent me to give you that opportunity. Maybe you've never responded to Jesus. Maybe you've never asked Him into your heart. Maybe at one time or another you did once ask Him in or maybe twice. Or, but the truth is tonight you find yourself a long way away from Him. And the Jesus we've talked about tonight is the Jesus who loves you. Not just when you're walking on the water, not just when you're successful. He loves you when you're sinking in the surf. He loves you when your faith is small. He loves you when you're messing up. He loves you when you've allowed yourself to become distracted. He is there for you to let you know you don't have to sink. Will you catch hold of His hand? If that's you, if that's your heart, I'm going to pray a prayer. And in the quietness of this moment, while eyes are closed and, and heads are bowed, I want you to pray this prayer quietly along with me. Just pray it in your heart. Maybe something like this. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. All that I am. All that I have. And I thank you now. By faith in you, I have a new life. A new hope. This is a new season. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? I will stand where I couldn't stand and I will walk where I was sinking because of Jesus. And I say thank you in His name.